What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Bigfoot Collectors Club. Big Harry Summer. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me, always, is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bray. Hello, boys. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, man? Now, Bryce, you are up in canada for your annual canadian vacation i mm-hmm. ask you every summer any sign of bigfoot out there yeah i'm on ape island otherwise known as vancouver island or actually wait maybe that's the other way around uh but <clears throat> no no sign of no sign of bigfoot yet although there is this one spot i always go to i ride my bike there and it's like this sort of secluded uh marshland and uh, and whenever I get out there, I always feel like this really spooky feeling where as beautiful as it is, I just want to like pedal back as fast as I can because I just feel like I'm being like watched. It's really creepy. Do you ever just Ooh. do like a whoop while you're out there or a little, little Bigfoot sound? Yeah, I definitely do. I did it this time too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't hear anything back, but uh, <laughs> I, now, I, mean, I got to do did. what I got to do, you know. Oh, there we go. <laughs> when you're doing this, are you alone? Are your kids with you? Is Are your in-laws with you? Or is this like a private Bryce moment? No, I'm alone. I'm definitely alone. I, I want to take Walker out there, though. Um, but uh, he hasn't uh, he hasn't accepted my invitation quite yet. So, <laughs> You want to go on a spooky Bigfoot bike ride with Dad? <laughs> hey, Switch, buddy. Dad. <laughs> hey, buddy, you want to you wanna hear your dad whoop? Whoop like a wood ape out in the middle of the swamps? <laughs> Sounds like fun, doesn't it? Yeah. Maybe, it's, it maybe it's best if he stays behind, you know. <laughs> Do you really want him to have that vision of you in his brain? <laughs> oh, they already do. They already do, buddy. It can't get any worse than it already is. So, oh, well, don't worry. We're all your children here, Bryce, and we all That's love right. you, and we appreciate all Great. your Bigfoot calls. Um, love that. It's Big Hairy Summer all season long, and we're sharing stories of high strangeness featuring big, hairy monsters. And seeing as it is the end of the month, we're going to dip back into the L-Files. L-Files are like X-Files sent in to you, uh, the listener. And these are your personal paranormal encounters, and we, the BCC, will get to the bottom of them for you. Uh, And this week, it's going to be just your three BCC boys. Um, Mm -hmm. No guests this week. I should have mentioned that up top, but that's okay because we're hanging out in the virtual clubhouse with you. You are the special guest listener. If you've experienced a high, uh, some high strangeness, please send your story, true stories only, over to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. And this summer, we really want your big, hairy monster stories. We got one month left in August, so get those into us as soon as possible. 
Um, before we get into those, I want to say thank you. Thank you to everybody who came out to RTX Fest to see our show in Austin, yeah. Texas. That was uh, a blast. We love you guys. I also wanted to jump in here and say we've been getting a lot of messages. People scared that there's going to be no new BCC this summer due to the SAG AFTRA strike. Um, the, the strike affects us. It does not affect the podcast. So you will be getting new episodes every Wednesday as scheduled. Um, I have to say, I'm really, really touched. We've had some club scouts like send messages of support. I've gotten some direct messages being like, we want to help out. How can we help out? What can we do to support you guys and support actors and writers during the strike? And you know what? I'll, I'll just take this as an opportunity to say, if, if there's something you really want to do, hop over to the Patreon for a month. Come check out BCC The Other Side. Um, the great thing about what we're building here with BCC is it's an independent juncture. We don't really, especially the Patreon, answers to mm-hmm. nobody but us. The Patreon, BCC The Other Side, and and honestly, the show itself, There's no, we have no corporate masters here, okay? So mm-hmm. uh, we're building something that is direct to you guys, and that is awesome and that's kind of the ideal thing right so if you really want to support actors writers artists during this period hop over to their patreon because it's really what it is you are a patron of the arts you are allowing us to make this thing and um without getting too much on a soapbox here i just think that's awesome and honestly if like 20 percent of you guys (laughs) listening uh-huh. joined bcc the other side it would radically transform our ability to do this show and Definitely. would go so far like we w- wouldn't even really have to worry about strikes in hollywood if you know what i mean <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so just you could you have the power to change our lives and by thus change <laughs> this show and so being change your life perhaps yeah and it's only <laughs> five bucks a month it's honestly cheaper than most places where you can get a latte these days i know a yeah. lot of you guys are shelling out for streamers and all this stuff but hey we're striking against the streamers so maybe you want to think about i mean we're not asking to cancel any of those subscriptions but hey this is a way that you can support us directly and you get rewarded you get three bonus episodes a month you get access to the bcc discord you become a deeper part of the community there's more riley on the other side Mm -hmm. um there's some video aspects to it too we're really starting to blow things up over there over the next few months um and uh, not to mention the truly massive back catalog i mean yeah we have i looked there was like over two well over 250 like drops all like exclusive posts between episodes cosmic tracks which is uh the the tier that includes all of the above plus exclusive tracks from riley every month and then you know we'll drop like you know direct to you guys you know posts and letters and stuff like that so there's a bunch of shit over there um try it out for a month give it a month try why not join us for the end of the summer you can listen to it as much as you want. If you if it's not for you, you can bounce. It's really easy to uh, to dip out. But um, 
you know, usually we save these plugs for the end of the show, but because of what we're doing and because of with the strikes and because people have been asking, I just thought, hey, now's a great time to show your support for artists. And honestly, this goes for any other podcast that you love as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Love that. I'm going to go ahead and say, Mike, that, that's the, that, that was the best Patreon pitch, I think, in the history of the show. Well done. <laughs> I would agree. I believe it. Yeah. I felt it. You know? Yeah. I was like, yeah. And- you, you know guys, honestly, right. it you really have the ability, and not all of you have to do it. If, if we could get 20% of you guys over there, oh it changes the show forever in, a, in big, big ways. So if you are a Patreon, thank you. Uh, tell a friend, um, and there you go. BCC The Other Side, patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. All right. Set that aside. Boys, can't believe it. Once again, wet, hot alien summer has invaded Big Hairy Summer. Look out, Riley. It's time for (laughs) some... BCC News! (laughs) That's kind of a horse whinny on the end of that one. <laughs> I do like the idea that now it's a British horse saying <laughs> saying this. Two I British horses. Yes. News. All right. Well, we're rounding up uh well, there's we got one news story. I was gonna say rounding up news from the month, but um I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh this came out of let's see, CBSnews.com. Harvard professor Avi Loeb believes he's found fragments of of alien technology. This is from earlier this month. Cambridge. Harvard professor Avi Loeb believes he may have found fragments of alien technology from a meteor that landed in the waters off of Papua New Guinea in 2014. Loeb and his team just brought the materials back to Harvard for analysis. The U.S. Space Command confirmed with almost near certainty, 99.999%, that the material came from another solar system the government gave loeb a 10 that's huge that's wild yeah uh they gave uh the government gave loeb a 10 kilometer 6.2 mile radius of where it may have landed uh that is where the fireball took place and the government directed it from the department of defense it's a very big area the size of boston so we wanted to pin it down said loeb jesus that is a huge space uh, to go find some fragments. Here you go. Here's the size of Boston underwater. Go take a leak. Uh, take a peek. And take a leak before you go take a peek. We figured the distance of the fireball based off the time delay between the arrival of the blast wave, the bo- the boom of explosion, and the light that arrived quickly. Uh, so then the article goes on to tell how they found the potential path of the meteor and then what they managed to pull out. We found 10 uh, spherules. Spherules? These are almost perfect spheres or metallic marbles. When you look at them through a microscope, they look very distinct from the background. They have colors of gold, blue, brown, and some of them resemble a miniature of the Earth, explained Loeb. What? And there are photos. I mean, it's not a miniature model, but he just says it's sort of like you can look at the link here, boys, and I'll put this up in the the episode show notes. Like you can see, they look like tiny little planets, these little weird spheres. Kind of small. They're sub-millimeter in size. Wow. 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 So they found 50 of them them in total. Loeb says it it has material strength that is tougher than all space rock we've ever seen before and cataloged by NASA. We calculated its speed outside the solar system. It was 60 kilometers per second, 
faster than 95% of all stars in the vicinity of the sun. The fact that it was made of materials tougher than even iron meteorites and moving faster than 95% of all stars in the vicinity of the sun, vicinity of the sun suggested potentially it could be a spacecraft from another civilization or some technological gadget. Cool. Um, you know, and he says, you know, it's kind of like uh, our Voyager spacecraft launched by NASA. Um so there's a lot of debris left to research, hours of unwatched footage from the cameras attached to their sled, which they brought brought all the stuff up with. Um, it could be uh, breadcrumbs to a bigger find. This is pretty cool stuff. I love it. Little metallic balls in a meteorite. Yeah. I like the analogy, too, that uh, he brings up in this article about the Voyager spacecraft, that it's like the same thing. It's like that. We shot that out. And it's just going to keep going. So it's, you know, that'll exit our solar system in 10,000 years. So wow, eventually it'll be a meteorite somewhere. Yeah, probably, it'll get maybe. like space crust. I mean, is that what they're saying? That there's like space crust on this thing? You know what I mean? Like, is, does it collect? Like, does like, this is me not knowing anything about science and asking maybe <laughs> the worst two people is for this space answer. space crust? But, yeah, but it like, like yes. if. If you know, like space barnacles growing on the hull of something, you know what I mean? Over time, <laughs> over thousands and thousands of years, is it going to collect a little space dust? I mean, that's pretty incredible to have, you know, particles from an entirely other solar system is absolutely incredible. I mean, I know we found um, we found rocks from Mars on on Earth that have happened through meteorite blasts which just goes to tell you the force that those things happen with, that those rocks can be dispelled off planet and end up here on Earth. But to have something from an entirely other solar system, that almost seems intentional, um, as if, uh, I mean, it, it could be some fly-by meteorite, which I'm pretty sure they think it is. But, I mean, that's wild, man. It just goes to show, even though the universe is expanding, it, it seems to, in some ways, be getting a little bit smaller for us here on Earth. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, hope we find out more about these space marbles. Buddy, it's all coming full circle for you, Bryce. Bigfoot marbles, space marbles. Mm, Maybe the answer yes. lies within marbles. Marbles. It's Dude. about the marbles. Yeah. You know, I've been reading this great book on, uh, on, on crop circles. And, you know, it's the one story of high strangeness, which we haven't really covered here on BCC. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's quite overdue. Uh, but there's this whole section that talks about just the, the perfect geometrical shape of the sphere and how, uh, how there's a lot more to it than people think. So maybe there's something to that. Well, sounds good to me. Let's do uh, uh, an episode on the mowing devil in the fall once we're done with the... <laughs> I used to blame crop circles on the mowing devil. Yeah, that's right. Let's move on, everybody. This is a brand new segment that we started uh, on our last L-Files episode. Uh, We were sent in a uh, map of the U.S. from our our listener and our friend Rachel Bussert, um, pinpointing locations of multiple dogman sightings across the United States of America. Get ready, boys. Stand by. I have a little fun surprise for you. It's time for Dogman USA. (laughs) If everybody had a backyard across the USA, then everybody'd see Dogman. Looks like a coyote. 
You see him carrying a poop bag, chewing sandals too. A bushy, bushy black hairdo. Dogman USA. Wow. <laughs> All right, everybody. All Let's right. pull Strike up Mike. the map. <laughs> Strike Mike. Strike Mike's writing new jingles for, for everyone it. this summer. It's I time for it. Dogman USA. All right. I can't remember everywhere we looked last time. Um, we did get some funny responses from listeners who heard that story about the uh, kid who was left in the car who saw a dog man right. and they were like i live in that town there's no dog man there <laughs> yeah there's definitely not that was daily city or something right or is it somewhere yeah. there yeah i was like no that's just uh buildings. all right we'll pull up the map let's everybody pick one i'm gonna pick uh there's one not too far from kansas city where i'm from so i'm gonna pick one this one comes from Osage County, Kansas. Okay, here we go. Summer 2016. I was driving home from doing some shopping in a nearby town and was all alone just driving and listening to the radio. It was just before sunset on a beautiful summer day. I was admiring the sky because it was such a bright orange. While driving through some S-curves in the road, I made the first turn and saw some deer dart across the road. Immediately, I hit the brakes to slow down, not knowing there were more to come out of the woods. On the opposite side of the road, it drops down a steep embankment to a farm field. I had slowed the car down and scanned the tree line for more deer. That's when this thing jumped out of the woods, running after the deer. He landed in the middle of the road and cleared the rest of the road in his next drive. So hard to comprehend what I saw, but it sounds like the descriptions that people have claimed on here. It was a gray figure with a short, sleek coat. I did not see a tail on this creature. It was on all fours, and it was the same height as the deer. His head was very odd. It looked like a dog head with cropped, pointed ears, but had a very short muzzle. Now, is this a bear? Are we describing a bear here, maybe? He briefly turned his... I mean, there's no bears in Kansas, but he briefly turned his head towards me when he crossed, and his eyes. I wouldn't say they glowed, but they weren't normal animal eyes. They were like a dull yellow, and they definitely stood out. His body was what really confused me because the way it moved was like a human would when trying to run on all fours. Its gait looked lazy, like he was just kind of loping across the road. It was very muscular on the front end, but had a very thin, almost sickly-looking abdominal area and hind legs. Once he was across the road, I lost sight of him over the embankment. I was so confused as to what I saw that I didn't tell anyone right away for fear that they would think I'm crazy. I've been searching for answers since then, but came up with nothing. I eventually told my husband and one close friend, but neither of them had heard of anything that matched my description. I'm still not 100% sure that I saw a dog man, but it is the only thing I have come across that sounds reasonably close to what I saw. <laughs> sounds like dog man to me. Yeah, that's a dog. That's a dog man. That's a dog oh. man. The uh, I like the the physical description of this thing. That's a pretty good physical description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Muscular I think it is a good front. a good good time to also remind ourselves that this is an anonymous and uh, mm -hmm. unsourced map. So these yeah. are just you know what's the unsighted. problem? That's the word I was looking. Yeah, for. what's yeah, the problem? I don't see a no, problem. No, it's just good enough for me. Just a just a <laughs> just brief just reminder wanting, of that. Yeah, they just want to share their dogman stories. They're just sharing their dogman. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is Dog Man USA. Okay, so if, if this is a work of cre- of creepy pasta, it is it's a it's a masterwork. Really, creating a, right. a map would be you know. I'm well, just we have we have for Mo- which we haven't done in a while. But you remember when we were doing uh, Mufon UFO Roundup? It was sort of the same thing. Although I guess mm-hmm. Mufon was putting together all the the. Uh, this is what I'm trying to say. Maybe there needs to be a, a Mufon for Dogman. Okay, people still don't take this guy seriously, and I think we should. Mm, yeah. Um, Bryce, what do you got? You want to pick one? Yeah. Although uh, I'm a little hesitant. Last time I clicked on a link, I, I lost you guys. Should I go for okay, it? Okay. Well, why don't I do one for you near Austin, Texas? How's that sound? Okay. Great. That's going? perfect. Thank you. Okay. Where are you um, headed? Oh, this is a real long one. So let's go over to Fredericksburg. Um, Another kind of... Okay. On June 27, 2020, I was driving back to Austin, Texas from a trip to Southern California. I had my daughter and her daughter, a six-year-old, to sleep with me in the pickup. I had taken 290 east off 110, and it was around 11 p.m. Now, all right, I'm just going to say, this is a Texas dad and grandfather. He's not going to fuck around with Dogman making up creepypasta, okay? No, won't happen. He, you know, he's serious because he's starting the story by describing freeways. That's you know what true. I mean? <laughs> That's true. That's credibility right there. We had gone a few miles on 290 when coming up over a hill and looking down at the bottom of the hill, I picked up a pair of yellow almond-shaped eyes off to the right. This part of 290 is fairly remote and heavily wooded with scrub oak, and there were no other vehicles on the road. The deer population here in Hill County of Texas is huge, and I was being extremely vigilant because I had already passed a number of deer get grazing along the roadside. As we got closer, my headlights revealed a large and what I thought at first was a wolf. However, it wasn't a wolf or coyote. It was on all fours, and it crouched in a defensive posture about 20 feet off the roadside. It had, it had its head down, and its front legs were bent, but it was still taller at the shoulders, 3 to 4 feet, than its rear. It had a triangular head with pointed ears and a short tail. It was broad across the shoulders with narrow hips and a long neck. Weird. The coat on this creature was heavy, bushy below the neck, and the front legs and tapered off towards the rear with short tail being bushy. The front legs looked very muscular, and the feet were not real distinct because of the grass. It never took its eyes off us as we passed passed as we went past and it maintained the same posture which i thought was unusual because i expected it to turn and run back to the tree line my daughter got the best look at this thing as we went by she quickly informed me that it was not a coyote or wolf and to not stop and keep driving because she said it was a dog man which i had never really heard a lot about this is the most perplexing wildlife encounter i've ever had i grew up in texas and have deer hunted deer hunted all over the state when i was younger I moved to California for 17 years and lived adjacent to Cleveland National Forest where I saw an abundance of coyotes, bobcats, and on one occasion, a close encounter with a cougar. This made my hair stand up on my arms as we got down the road, and I will never forget it. Thank God for daughters who love BCC and inform their dads what <laughs> dog, dog man is. Man, daddy. That's Dogman Daddy. I was going to say, I, I hope she's a BCC listener. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. Uh, cool story. This is similar to the other one that we have. Maybe these were all written by the same person. I don't know. <laughs> but I love Dogman USA, and I'm glad I, I'm proud to live in this country. All right. Uh, <laughs> Riley, why don't you pick one, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. All right. Where should we, where should we go? Let's go up to uh, the rugged state of Montana. Let's see what we got. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a reasonable amount. All right. This is in uh, 
Carbon County, Montana. Uh, this is from 8-15-2004, so we got a date. I'm probably the youngest person to come to you about this. I'm 16, grew up here in Montana, and am very active in the outdoors. When I was four or five, I lived with my parents in a small town next to the highway. Our house was right next to it, and my room faced a gravel road that went into the highway. It was summer, and we didn't have AC, so I would leave my window open at night so I could stay cool. One night, I woke up and noticed a silhouette standing outside my window. My eyes focused, and I saw that it had a furry outline and those frost-blue eyes it was using to look at me. I sat up in my bed frightened, but I didn't feel the need to yell for my parents or anything. It just kind of stared at me. While looking at it, I saw that it had pointed ears with tufts of fur like lynx have and a muzzle like a German shepherd. It was fairly muscular and was almost resting on my windowsill like it was leaning up against it. We stared at each other for a good couple of minutes, then it smiled at me like a dog does and even tilted its head. It then backed away from my window, walked across my yard to our chain link fence, and literally stepped over it. I got out of bed to watch this thing as it got down on all fours and ran down the road and across the highway. Listening, I heard it yip and bark while on the other side, which was prairie, with a butte and then forest. It was almost like it was calling to the others. Looking back on this, I felt like maybe it felt like it didn't it didn't pose a threat. I didn't maybe pose I, or, a threat. Oh, I didn't pose a threat. There you go. Maybe it was just curious. Back then, I was just a little kid. Now I'm a lot bigger. I'm 6'7 and weigh almost 200. So I'm thinking if I saw one of these again, I probably wouldn't get the same reaction. Wait a minute. 6'7 mm. and almost 200 pounds? I'm 6'2 and or 1 and almost 200. This person's thin, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, tall and lanky. Tall and yeah, lanky. Beanpole. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like this like one. A classic dogman story. Yeah. 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 This, I'm surprised they didn't grow up to uh, co-host Bigfoot Collectors Club with something poking its head in the window like that. Jeez. <laughs> Truly. It's a good origin story. The young Do you the think you Montana can distract a, a dog me. man by like throwing it a bone like, hey, 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 over here, over here. And then you throw a bone and distract it and run away. Yeah, if you, you can, go, I would be disappointed. Squirrel. Yeah. Look at the squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. Ultimate defense. Yeah. All it would take for for Dogman uh, here would be like the the scanning of the mailman when he's scanning a package and delivering it off. Nothing makes my dogs go crazier than that little tiny beep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well uh, all right, Dogman. There we go. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Um, that was another uh, edition of Dogman USA. Woo. I thought we were going to get the music. Oh, there it is. Man, <laughs> Just a little delay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come right back, we're getting into your L files. <laughs> this episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club is brought to you by HelloFresh. Hello. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. Reach your goals with delicious calorie smart and protein smart lunch and dinner options. Plus, new vegan recipes, too. Yeah, that's right, Club Scouts. Get farm-to-table quality with every HelloFresh box. HelloFresh's seasonal ingredients are picked at peak ripeness and travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days for fresh flavor in every bite. Mm-hmm. HelloFresh delivers mouth-watering, chef-crafted recipes, and fresh ingredients to your door so you can spend your summer doing 
Whatever you want, really. Yeah. And also, HelloFresh Market has new snacks, meals, mm. and more to add on to your weekly order. Who doesn't love snacks? Come on. Like their snacks. fun s'mores bundle for the kids? Who's not going to love that? Um, I love s'mores, and I actually love HelloFresh. Uh, I've said it on the show multiple times. I eat HelloFresh multiple times a week. There is, I can't remember the name of it, but there's like a, a chicken dish that comes with like this really yummy Dijon mustard sauce. And anytime mm. that shows up in the box, I'm always so excited. Um, I love it. It's great. And it saved me and my girlfriend so much money from ordering in or eating out. So I'm I'm HelloFresh all the way. I, I truly, truly love it. Not only that, but when you guys go to the grocery store, I don't know if you experienced this. You like you go with like a list of like four things, but then you come back with like 10 things and you and you you know you shoot the moon and you spent way more money than you needed to. Not with HelloFresh. And you got leftover stuff in the fridge, it goes bad. So this is nice. Everything you need is in one box, you eat it, boom, bing. Bing, boom, bang, you're done. <laughs> well, you can be like Michael and get that same hit of dopamine when you see mm-hmm. that Dijon mustard show up. Yum, yum, and yum, go yum, to yum. HelloFresh.com slash BCC16 and use the code BCC16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash BCC16 and use code BCC16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Hello, Fresh. America's number one meal kit. All right, let's get into these L files. These are stories of high strangeness involving big, hairy monsters sent into you, the listener, sent in from you, the listener, to us at Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. Bryce, what do you got? Well, if your America's Dog Man story didn't satiate you, I got another one for you. This one is called Michigan Dog Man Story. Let's jump right in. Hey guys, my name is Maria. I just started listening to your show because I recently listened to an episode with John Tenney, and y'all made me laugh, and so basically, now I'm a listener. Great, I love that. Done. Born, raised, and currently still residing in Michigan... I always knew Michigan has some interesting history, but it's my dad's dogman story that changed my outlook on the unknown. If my dad could experience this, anyone could. I believe this was in the late 70s, early 80s in Farewell, Michigan. My dad and a few of his buddies were driving north to go hunting at their friend's house in Farewell, which is about an hour or so north from where they all lived. They stopped on the side of the road to take a bathroom break Since back then it was still pretty remote wooded area, my dad said they all got out and started jokingly howling at the woods and at each other, when all of a sudden, something howled back at them, and it was loud and very close to them. It all scared them so bad that they scrambled back to the car and took off. My dad said as they were turning down the dirt road to get away, they saw a tall dogman creature dressed in a tattered soldier uniform staring at them on its hind legs yeah as it was coming out of the brush as they sped off my dad was staring out the back window to try and see the creature again but he couldn't see anything in their frenzied state they turned down the wrong road and ended up getting a little lost in the middle of nowhere it ended up getting dark and if you've ever been in northern michigan forest at night then you know how dark it gets With obviously no cell phones, 
They ended up pulling over to sleep in the car for a little bit until sunrise. He recalled putting up shirts over the window so they didn't have to look out. That's a big nope for me. My dad still goes up there hunting with those same buddies and hasn't seen it again. I've asked my dad to retell the story many times and it's always just as scary. He said none of them were under the influence of anything. I asked many times. <laughs> uh, he also said a few years later is when the song came out and all the sightings started becoming more public. Every time I drive to northern Michigan, I keep my eyes out in the wooded areas to hopefully catch a glimpse of the Michigan Dogman. Still, no luck, but a girl can dream. Wow, that's wild. That's cool, the soldier's uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what's the backstory there? What's I going on in that what, parallel reality? There's like a Dogman Revolutionary War happening. Yeah, Seriously. but I, I was going to say, Maria, I would be interested if you could find out. I mean, it doesn't give us any more answers. What type of soldier's uniform are we taught? What era are we talking about here? Is this like a modern U.S. Army like uh, camo or is this Civil War, Revolutionary War? Um, if you could find out, that would be really interesting to to learn. These, my mind like, immediately went old timey on that. I was like, me, it's me gotta, too. Got to be old timey soldier. Me too. But, yeah. I did, but I'm I'm just curious. Like what? I'm, I yeah. Any more details would be appreciated. Um, if not illuminating. Um, but I love these stories, like the one that John talked about with like. The, the the weird mix of human and man like dog man wearing a cl wearing clothes smoking a cigarette what the yeah, fuck is up with these stories why are they wearing clothes i don't know i mean it's certainly you get the idea that if it's wearing clothes even like a you know an old uh flannel or a soldier's uniform that it that it sort of hints at this idea that it was once man turned dog man you know what i mean mm -hmm. sort of like lycanthropy or you know the the story of the werewolf and and man. so it's sort of like i, I, I don't know becomes though it's just it's so strange man. man becomes dog dog becomes smoker <laughs> <laughs> i like that he started smoking after he became yeah. the dog man was like, yeah oh, man. i mean well, i would wouldn't you <laughs> smoking would be the Thanks only thing i'd start doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Jeez, uh, cool story. Very cool. Yeah. Another great dads versus great dog dad man story. story. Yeah. Ask dads, your dads about dog man. dog man, everybody. Yeah. Dads love moms love Riley. Dads love dog man. Um <laughs> Riley, what do you got for us? All right, well, we got one here. Howdy, y'all. You guys can just call me Matt. Well, hi Matt. What's up, Matt? In the Yeah. Hey, hey. Well, Matt says. In the spring of 2014, I was driving back from my hometown to San Marcos, where I lived and worked at the time. It was around 10 p.m., and I was around 30 minutes outside Bastrop on a two-lane stretch, a, a two-lane one-way stretch of highway, a median of grass, and the opposite direction of highway on the other side. All right, we're starting out with road, highway talk. Lot yeah. of highway talk this episode. <laughs> road talk this episode. We don't need so much highway talk, but we're happy. <laughs> it, we're happy you're writing in. Well, it I just have, lends I have more... authenticity. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, you, you know, setting the scene. Well, the speed limit was uh, 70 miles per hour, and the road had a slight turn in the road. Uh, from the grass median, a large, mastiff-sized black dog whose eyes lit orangish-red when the headlight hit them and ran into the road. 
uh, not thinking I hit my brakes trying not to hit the dog. My Civic spun out on the luckily completely empty highway until I slid off the road. Holy shit. My back tires ended up getting caught over a culver, but luckily I just so happened to spin out right past a middle of nowhere bar and a patron <laughs> wow, had a utility truck to haul me over. What's a culver? I, I don't know. I didn't fully Hold over a culver. That's uh, uh, a road maybe. thing, perhaps. Is uh, it uh, a culver's like the um, uh, what is a culver? Is it like the the place where you get ice cream and burgers? I think it's like some sort of curb, maybe, or maybe it was a curb, and then the maybe this is a uh, typo. I can't figure it out. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, that's crazy. To, the spin out in front of a bar. This is all very cin- cinematic. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I was shook. I should have hit the dog. It purposely appeared to stop and stare back at me on the road. I was expecting it to go through the windshield. No one else saw any dogs in the area. All things considered, I was fine. I got my composure together and started my trip back up. Needless to say, I was way more on alert after that point. There's a 30-mile stretch of back roads where it's just a two-lane road and I saw flares. Apparently, a few cows had gotten loose and ended up wandering towards the roadway. Luckily, rounding them up was already being handled by others, but it struck me that if I had not stopped earlier, it was possible I could have hit one of those cows. Ooh, interesting. I ended up making it home safely. After talking it out with a friend, and we kind of both felt like the red-eyed black dog could have been some kind of omen warning of danger, or causing it itself. It's been years since that drive took place, but I always think that I always think about the night when I drove past the middle of nowhere bar, making my way down to see my family from back home. Wow. I like the idea of a hound of the Baskervilles warning you that there are cows up ahead. Yeah. 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 If I I was a big black dog, I'd run towards the cows. (laughs) Lunch. Yeah. Get a little burger. I like the idea of talking it out with your friend. Hey, uh, Brad, I need to talk to you about something. Yes, Matt. Okay, what, Matt, what's what, up? What is it, Matt? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> driving home. Uh, well, you're not going to believe this, but uh, that's, that seems good to me. Yeah. I like this idea of it being uh, maybe some sort of thing that prevented you from crashing into a herd of cows. Makes, I mean, it makes as much sense as anything else, right? You know, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe it was a trained dog by the uh, middle of nowhere bar there to get people to, you know. I mentioned this at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. They have a dog that's actually like you look a little closer. It's just like a plaster dog that they pull with a rope to get (laughs) you. (laughs) It's like a full, it's like some sort of Rube Goldberg type contraption. Right. Um, Yeah. Stop for a drink. You don't hit the cows. Everybody wins. I was driving back from Fresno with my girlfriend a few months ago. I think I mentioned it to this, to you guys. I don't, I'm not sure if it was on the show or not, but we pulled over for some gas and we we're driving towards the gas station, some like California town off the five. I don't know where we were. And mm-hmm. these two giant like pit bull mastiffs just running loose. <laughs> Yikes. Came bounding across the road. I 
almost hit these dogs. If if Kate had not been like, look out, I don't know if I would have seen them. Um, and then they just like ran into like a, an empty Dollar General parking lot and just beyond. So I was like, oh, my God, who let these <laughs> these things were massive. They were huge. Like, I feel like you could sit on their backs and, and ride them. But um, I was like, those dogs should not just be out running around no. <laughs> at night. No glowing eyes, though. They were they were regular dogs. They were just big and just having big. the time of their lives. Yeah. Good for All them. right. Good Moving for them. Up, okay. Those dogs escaping. <sighs> Making the most of what, what God's been giving them. All right. Here we go. Hi, Michael Bryce, Riley, and guest. No guesses a week. Uh, my name is... Oh, wait. I'm on the wrong story here. Hold on. No. I was oh, on the right no. story. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. My name is Jimmy. I'm from Canada, and I've heard about the BCC while listening to Distractable and getting an ad to your podcast. Well, welcome, nice. Jimmy. I've been catching up for the past couple months, and I got to say that I fell in love with the show. Well, Jimmy, the feeling's mutual. Throughout my life, I've had a couple, I've had multiple things happen possible Bigfoot encounter, ghosts, and UFO sightings. Ooh, the holy trifecta. Many stories that I can email later. This one, I'll talk about my two possible Bigfoot encounters. The first one happened in the summer of 2008. I lived in Moncton, New Brunswick, and was riding, I was biking home from a friend's. It was around midnight, and the road I was on had a forest on one side and the university on the other. I had my headphones listening to music and started to hear a scream that I thought was coming from the song, but I didn't remember there being a scream in it. So I stopped, took the headphones off, and listened to see if it came from outside. The scream that I heard right after froze my blood. I couldn't mm. tell which side of the road it came from and was loud as fuck. I said to myself, fuck and no, and hightailed out of there. When I got home, I started thinking to myself that it was probably a drunk student making noise to scare people. It wasn't until 2011 when I started working on my now best uh, with my now best friend who made me listen to some possible Bigfoot howls that froze that my blood froze again when I heard the same type of scream. From research, I found out that sightings are rare in New Brunswick, but they do happen. My second one, I have to preface that I have aphantasia which means i can't see what i want to imagine whoa what google oh, wow. that aphantasia hmm. quick goog somebody Come on, the man. story happened in 2015 my best friend myself and two other guys went bear hunting in the middle of nowhere called browns lake in ontario when we got there the place had all the telltale signs of bigfoot habitat one of the trails even had trees about 10 inches in diameter broken about eight to nine feet up with the break facing the woods. Later, when we were all in our tents trying to sleep, I started to feel uneasy. I could feel like something was standing by the truck watching. Now, this is the weird thing. As soon as I closed my eyes, I could see the side of the truck, the fire pit and the tents as if I were standing on the trail. Everything looked like a black and white night vision camera. I would open and close my eyes and see the same thing every time I closed them. Hmm. This is wild. 
This lasted for about three to five minutes. The last time I closed my eyes, the vision went as if I would have turned my head to the right to look at the lake, and that's when it all stopped. At that moment, I could hear what sounded like footsteps walking off and into the swamp. The next day, there were no footprints or any sign that something was even standing there. It wasn't until I started listening to your show that I had ever imagined that maybe I had a psychic link and was able to see through its eyes. Jimmy, that's where my head's at. Anyway, that's it for this email. I realize it might be a bit long, so feel free to cut if need be. No worries there. You guys are great, and keep doing what you do. Thanks, Jimmy. Wow, weird. What a weird story. I've never heard of an experience like that before. The second part, for sure. Yeah. Um, Canada, I've uh, never heard of. Aphantasia? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I've never heard of that. That's wild. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I guess that's that's why this is so significant, because it's... It's the inability to conjure a mental image. Like if you're like picture an apple, you can, you know, sort of see an apple in your brain. But this person would, I think, think of the concept of an apple, but not see it. But then so to have such vivid mental imagery all of a sudden, it's it's a really interesting story. Wow. Wow. Crazy. I mean, just interesting, crazy, interesting, not crazy, crazy. That's (laughs) fascinating. We knew what you Um, (laughs) Very cool, Jimmy. Yeah. I've never heard. I think that's a first for the show. The idea of like a telepathic image placed in in one of our L files heads, you know, that's really, really cool. I love the like black and white grainy footage too. That's really cool. Yeah, I don't know, Jimmy. I think you got to get back out there. I wonder, I wonder if this is a total hypothesis here, maybe a reach. I wonder if the aphantasia allows more room for you to receive a telepathic image, right? You know mm, what I mean? Sure. In a way, like your yeah. own mental images aren't getting in the way, so maybe you're more open to it. Obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about here, but um, I like maybe. It. Maybe you've just got like the right wiring to receive something like that. Very strange. Very, I've, I mean, I've certainly never experienced anything like that. Cool stuff. Um, what do you think, boys? Do we have time for one more? I think we have time for one more. All right, let's do one quick one. Uh, Bryce, how about you take the last L file in the box here? Yeah, let's do it. Here oh, we go. Yeah. Howdy, howdy, boys. This story took place about four years ago and about five miles west of the Anzo Borrego Desert. My wife and I decided to take a quick overnight camping trip to a spot called Lark Canyon. We got to the spot in the completely empty campground around 8 p.m. and were settled in around the fire by 10. We started drinking some beers and listening to music, just enjoying ourselves. Around two hours later, we started to hear what sounded like an owl up on the ridge above us. However, there was something just not quite right. To be completely honest, it sounded like an owl, but more like someone or something trying to sound like an owl. I immediately was unnerved, but didn't want to freak my wife out. Just around that time, we both started to hear footsteps right outside of the campfire light. They sounded as if they were moving from right to left, heading towards a small gulch. I immediately stood up and started talking into the darkness. However, all I got in return was silence. 
This routine kept up for about the next hour or so. Weird owl noises, followed by footsteps headed from right to left. After an hour passed, my wife slammed my arm and pointed to the south of us. To put it simply, we were seeing two large yellowish lights hovering about a hundred yards away. That was it. We were done. We packed (laughs) up and left around 2 a.m. and haven't gone back since. If I had to put a theory into what we saw, I truly believe we were dealing with a group, troop, or family of Sasquatch. The owl noise up on the ride was a lookout who was giving an all clear to the other ones to pass by our camp. The lights, however, I have no idea. Sorry for the long email. I'm actually headed to the Sequoia and Kings National Park at the end of July and hope to have an encounter with the big fella there. Respectfully, Bryson, who is a former firefighter slash paramedic. Thank you, Bryson. Wow, that's wild. Um, What do you guys think of this? I I mean, I know we've we've talked about and heard this idea that these creatures have the ability to mimic wildlife around them. And well, uh, I'll say too, the light stuff reminds me of a certain television show that I'm a fan of, which all three seasons are available now on max to stream called expedition Bigfoot. And I know Mm, that on expedition Bigfoot, um, you guys have had like those cases where there are strange lights hovering in the woods when big other Bigfoot phenomena is going on. So I don't yeah. know what's up here, but it does sound like that. And the Orego, uh, the Anza Borrego desert. We know that there are stories of uh, Bigfoot like creatures out there. So this all, all adds up to me. Yeah. yeah. I love the, I love these stories of, of orbs of light related with Sasquatch encounters. And we're hearing and we're finding out about more and more of them and, and they're credible. You know what I mean? They, so mm-hmm. I don't know if these, if these creatures are sort of astral projecting or they're able to shape shift into these energetic balls of light, but there's, there's definitely hands down a connection between uh, these orbs of light and Sasquatch activity. I'm convinced. Yep. It's a classic account, this one. This classic is very, account. Very good. I love when love a Bigfoot that. mimics a forest creature. It's good It's good stuff. All mm-hmm. right. Well, I want to thank all of you who sent us an L file. If you haven't heard yours on the show yet, we might still read it in a future episode. Again, write to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com and get your big hairy stories into us before August ends. Don't forget to click that follow button on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss a single episode of BCC. We want to hear from you, so rate and review while you're there. If you drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we might read it on the show like the one that I texted to Riley during the recording of this episode. Well, this one's from B Needles, and the title is, This Podcast Makes Me So Happy. This show is so fun, educational, and interesting. I was a big fan of Bryce from Pretty Little Liars, so I checked out the show. Okay. Bryce Nation. Now, I'm a big fan of Michael and Riley, too. These guys made me a Bigfoot believer. All right. What a review. I love that. I love it. Another converted. Thank you so much. Yeah, love it. (laughs) I also love the crossover from a Pretty Little Liars audience to like paranormal Bigfoot (laughs) stuff. That's a big stretch, isn't it? But we're we're doing the work. Hey, we're 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 doing the work. Fantastic. I love it. Bringing people together. (laughs) Yep. Um, All right, everybody. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and now threads at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on TikTok at BCC Pod. 
Like I mentioned at the top of the show, check out our Patreon BCC, the other side over at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. And when you join, or hopefully soon after you join, we're catching up here. We'll give you a shout out uh, during Patreon shout outs of the week. Let's thank some dear Patreons. Lisa Darling, X6. Thank you, Lisa. Scrubs, Cosmeteer. Thanks, Scrubs. Welcome. Shakira Brown. Thank you, Shakira. Jake. Thanks, Jake. Sedona 2035 Cosmeteer. Thank you, Sedona. Welcome. Brian Larkin. Thanks, Brian. Daniel Ramos Clotier. Thank you. Catherine Vavrinek. Thanks, Catherine. Heath Taylor. Thank you, Heath. Mark Wilson. Thanks, Mark. Chris Moore. Thank you. D oh Dill Roberts. Dill Roberts. Thanks, Dill. Thank you, Dill. And Woo! Finally, Whiskey Band Aid 19, Cosmeteer. Oh, thanks, Whiskey Band Aid. Welcome. All right, everybody. Follow me on Instagram at McMills. Yep, I'm on Instagram at Mr. Bryce Johnson and at Twitter at Bryce O. Johnson. And I'm Peace Drone. Great. If we don't mean I'm Peace Drone. Peace like a real sad country bear at the very tail end. Amazing. <laughs> All right. If we don't see you or Peace Drone over on BCC, the other side, we'll see you back here next week. Uh, for an all-new episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Until then, good night. And go get regressed. Head on over to Instagram now. <laughs> Look for new followers. I guess go ahead and follow. Okay. <laughs> Bigfoot Collectors Club is executive produced by Michael McMillan, Riley Bray, and Bryce Johnson. Our show is engineered, produced, and scored by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters. Follow them on Spotify. Want more BCC? For exclusive full-length episodes every month and total access to the other side, check out patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.